Hello. My dude. Hello. Oh, there you are. You are there. Hello. Oh, I think I'm here. Yeah, 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 yeah you're here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. Yay. How, how, how have you been? Uh, how has your week been? Uh, it's been good so far. Nice. Who knows how it could turn out, but it's been good. It's been good. Um, Hopefully it stays good. Like my, I, so I got a pay rise at work. Which is oh, that's good. Great. My, we've got a new CEO at where I work, and he's a vibe. I, I, I love this guy. I think this guy is fucking awesome. Um, he comes up to me like every other day and talks to me about Motley Crue because he's a classic rock fan as well. He's a metal. He's gonna marry the man then. No, he's the same age as me, Dad. But he's a metalhead. He was asking me about like he was talking to me about Ramstein and Slipknot when I first met him. I was like, who the fuck? He doesn't look like a metalhead. He's like the complete opposite. But he looked at me and went, "What music do you like?" And that's how we got on a tangent. We talked about like Motley Crue and the Dirt and all that kind of stuff. So he comes up to me now, talks to me about music a lot. Uh, but he, so he's a vibe. Uh, he has basically given us all pay rises. He's also given us more holidays, and he's lowered our hours. Oh. So, we, we don't get paid by the hour. We get paid annually, so it doesn't really make a difference to us. Um, so, he's lowered our hours. So, we finish now at 1 o'clock every Friday. Oh, hell yeah. So, I finish... We practically have a half day every Friday, pretty much. Which is really good. Like, I work from home once a week. They let me work from home once a week so I don't go insane in the room, in my studio on my own and kill myself, basically. And that is legit what the reason is for that. Like, the reason why I work from home once a week is so I don't go massively insane and kill myself. And that is legit what it is. And so I work home for once a week and then, like, two days later, I finish in a half day. That is sick. I know, right? I'm more excited about the fact that I get to go to the gym when it's empty. Yeah, that's badass. I know, right? All my friends are still at work on Fridays. I'm just there like, ha ha, not me bitches. It must be badass getting to go to the gym and not have people there staring you down. But he sounds like a very nice guy. I had that today. I I was working from home today because I had to be in the office yesterday. And so I was working from home, so I went bang on four o'clock went straight to the gym it was fairly empty i was loving life it was upper body day i can use all the machines and everything it felt great i was doing um oh what was i doing lateral i was doing lateral raises whatever that is it's where you got the dumbbells and you kind of like lift your arms up as if like you've got wings and it hurts your shoulders bingo wings not bingo wings but it kind of hurts your shoulders. I was doing that, and there was this guy on the leg curl machine, the seated leg curl machine, he was just kind of staring at me, and I was like, fuck's sake. Oh, stare, just staring at you or anyone in particular? He was staring at me, and I could see him in the mirror, because there's a mirror in front of me. So I could literally just, I was literally, I was literally just looking at him, like, what the fuck? 
And then to make himself look less creepy, he got off the leg curl machine and picked up a random barbell that he hadn't touched in the past like 10 minutes and just randomly lifted it and then put it down and then went back to the leg curl machine. And I was like, I need to do these lateral raises. I can't move. <laughs> I need to stay here. But oh. yeah, you get a few creeps in the gym. I tend, if I'm doing like leg day where I'm mostly doing booty surrounding exercises, I tend to wear like my checkered shirt around my waist so no one can see shit. Ah, uh, because I know people would be very weird like that at the gym. Uh. A lot of girls wear pump covers, so a lot of girls wear really baggy t-shirts, or they wear joggers if they're doing squats, I've noticed. Kind of hides everything, pretty much. Just because sometimes if you're wearing shorts, a lot of people wear shorts on leg days, because you can... When when you're doing the lifts, you can see the progress while you're lifting, you kind of want to see that. But it can sometimes ride up, so... You gotta be careful. I always wear yeah. cover. I always cover up some. Like I always cover up, up that area when I'm, I'm doing legs. Like I wear the shirt because then no one can see the back, but I can see the gains on my legs from the front, so it's great. But I've got a knee injury right now, so I've got to take it a bit easy. Oh well, hopefully this knee injury doesn't hinder the podcast. No, but I've got to wear a knee brace. It's fucking stupid but it makes my knee feel better because it's been a few weeks now and my knee feels like shit. Like, it doesn't feel like shit, it just feels weird. It feels different on one leg than it does with the other and it just, I don't like it. But when I wear the knee brakes, it feels normal again. Basically, I was doing, using the leg press machine and um, I was doing a very big leg press. I was doing a 140 kg leg press, which was very nice, very impressive for me. And uh, I did the dumb, dumb thing of accidentally half-locking my knee. I didn't fully lock my knee, but I did a half-lock. And if I would have done a full lock, I would have fucked my knee up. Like, really badly. But I did a half-lock, and that was just disgusting. It feel, if No one's ever locked their knee before on a leg press. It feels like your kneecap's gone into your leg. Ew. Yeah, it's fucking gross. And then your, your knees fucked afterwards. So now I've got to be You need careful. to be careful, silly goose. I, yeah, you know what? I said to myself today, right, I'm going to take it easy. But it's upper body day today. So I, I was like, okay, it's fine. Don't need to wear my knee brace. Sorted. About to do chest press. So I've got to lie down on the bench for that with the dumbbells over my head because I can't do with a barbell. No, I'm not there yet. But I was, I was lifting the dumbbells up uh, to lie down and I whacked the said, the said knee with the dumbbell. Gotta be more careful. You're you're there at the gym not to hurt yourself. Fucking hurts afterwards. My my gym's like got the changing rooms are up the stairs. It hurts after leg day. If I'm going up the stairs after after leg day to go get my stuff, ow, it's horrible. And then going down them's worse. They do that on purpose because I know it's not the gym, but the uh, swimming pool in Aberdeen, which is recently uh, closing or closed, which sucks. Because it's such a great pool to get to, like the actual, um, well, the slides you had to pay for. If you had like a wristband, you'd pay to go to these extra three slides, the ones that you could always see because they were um, from outside the swimming pool. Uh, yeah. The stairs that you had to get up to get there. I always remember this. There was a sign on the wall 
that said, don't, if someone, I don't know what it said specifically, but it said something along the lines of the NHS says that it's uh, very good for you to climb up sets of stairs, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it's just a sign there to say, stop fucking complaining about climbing the stairs to get to the flumes. The NHS says it's good exercise. And I remember seeing that going, wow, what a kick in there. And another example is, if anyone listens from Aberdeen, they'll know this, the fucking Trinity Centre. The entrance to the fucking Trinity Centre, not off of Union, uh, not entering off of Union Street, entering if, if you were coming from Union Square, there's a massive fuck-off, like, slope but as you get in. And when you go up the slope, you come, at, you come to this massive fuck-off set of stairs, which are so hard to climb, like the stairs you have to climb in front of fucking Kenny's to get up to Union Street, which is fucking horrible. But what they did was they designed the um, stairs, so, like, they are work on the stairs represents like a mountain with three peaks and then there's one peak that's got a flag on the top and then along, along the side of the wall it's just got uh, it's got words written on and near the top or like halfway near the top it's like almost there oh, and it's so fucking annoying to climb up that fucking stairs but the fact is they were like we've got these big fuck off stairs what should we do oh we'll put a sign at the side this is almost there to encourage them we'll put the design on the stairs if you're walking up the way a mountain with a little flag on the top to make them feel good that they've climbed up some stairs to get to their fucking shops no ah no that would annoy me no it kills your legs there's a couple times I've been going up them steps and I'm thinking holy fuck I just want to get to HMV I wish I'd gone around the fucking side and entered via Union um, Union Street and not fucking Union Square. Oh, oh, I've got leg day tomorrow, so my legs are gonna die. Right, so that's gonna be fun. I'm like, there's no one. There's normal. I'm doing the dumb thing. I should have done leg day today and maybe, and then do upper body tomorrow because it's upper body day where I can't use half the shit. But I might do my big leg day tomorrow because I can use everything and there's gonna be no interruptions. It'll be great. But yeah, um, my knees fucked and i need to get better because i've got download coming up fairly soon so yeah okay but this is your week this week off back on topic is your 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 week yes my week and uh no 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 injured legs in this as far as i'm aware in this story it's episode 70 yes it was 69 (laughs) (laughs) Sixty-nine last week. Was, was not very no, it wasn't. By the number sixty-nine. Yeah. By now, you people know my humor is just childish. But um, yeah, number seventy, big seven. Oh, oof. We're getting, we're getting to a lot of episodes done now. This is nuts. Well, you've done more than me, but we're at seventy. So um, yeah, it's my week. Um, it's weird because. When I do these, I always say that, oh, yeah, I've got some stories I want to cover, and I just put them in, like, a list. And then just find a completely new one. And spend ages trying to find a new one when there's ones that I already want to cover, and I've said that I'll cover them, maybe. And just don't. I guess I'm just all all for finding uh, new cases that I've not heard of. Because I, I think I may find some refreshing, just going in and finding something and going, oh, not know nothing about this. So, Yeah. Uh, for this one, uh, again, I think with the disclaimer on this one, isn't going to be too heavy. Um, like I say, if I come across something that I didn't mention, I'll mention it there and then. But in terms of the disclaimer for this one, <laughs> see, it's not a heavy case. I, I, I swear a lot of cases I haven't picked, I have picked, 
haven't been heavy. But that doesn't mean they're necessarily not as bad. Um, I think in this one, all we've got to do is just death. People dying, gun violence. There's probably other things, but you never know what someone's going to get triggered by. But as far as I can aware, it's just gun violence and death. That's what you need to worry about. So you don't like death. Well, if you don't like death, why are you listen to a true crime podcast in the first place? Silly. Um, but yeah, I don't think you're gonna know who this is. Okay, cool. That's good. Um, if anyone actually, do- I see this is the weird thing I've just thought about. If anyone does know these people, like when they were listening, when I think that this is like a case that not people people are gonna know about, good on you. Because I certainly uh, pick cases in the in the, with the mindset of. No one's going to know this unless you're from the local area. Because this is one of these cases I picked where just where it happened was like more intriguing. Um, like with a couple other ones I've done where once you uh, know about this case, you can go, oh, I know a case from this place. And it's like a place that... Because, you know, like in the last episodes we've done, when people say, do you know like a case from California, you list off, a, you know, millions and millions. But for other places, you couldn't name a thing, which is why I like finding cases about people in areas where if you'd ask someone they'd have no idea even if there was killers serial killers going about in this area so yeah the case we're going to cover today is um james dale ritchie james. such such a generic name yeah let's say james dale ritchie we should you know i don't think we didn't in the last ones that we've done we could do the photo thing he looks like a right creepy bastard yeah yeah, he thought. Well, was yeah, well, oh, the old boy as well. Yeah, I've not heard of him. He looks. You wouldn't approach him, would you? <laughs> I don't know. What... Nah, you. If would, anyone's you, not, you, you, would if walk none of... him, you would not walk up to that cunt. He is. If... He is the guy in the neighborhood that all the kids call a nonce because he just looks like one. Like genuinely, he is that guy that just looks like a pedo. So everyone just calls him a pedo and no one talks to him because he just looks fucking... Oh my. He does. Oh, there's four of the victims. I didn't actually see that they were available. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing that, so I'm guessing this guy just... Um... I think one of the... Oh, one of them seems like an alt-looking alt guy. Oh, no, but yeah. The photo of him, when he's younger, the younger photo, but I think if you've not seen the photo, uh, all we need to say is long hair. Right, long hair right down the back. And glasses. And I think it's just a stereotype with anyone with long hair and glasses. Is like a killer. I think it's just uh, a given now with like, the stereotypes. But uh, the reason I chose this case is in where it happened. Because of all places, if we well, if we start with the bio uh, of who this person is, it's James Dale Ritchie. That's his name. Gen- generic ass name, to be fair. Born on November 4th, 1976, uh, in Anchorage, Alaska, USA. And this is why this one was interesting. Because it happens in Alaska and Anchorage, which isn't the capital. Juneau is the capital. Anchorage is the biggest city. But I was just intrigued because Alaska is a bit of a novelty within itself, I've always thought. I hear Alaska um, and I think of the Simpsons movie, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about Alaska, but from from my point of view, obviously Alaska's part of the U.S., but it's isolated off of the U.S. And it seems like because it's where it's located, it feels like it's such a remote 
place to live in. Yeah. Similar to some of the places, some similar to kind of some of the places up here in Scotland. I don't know what it's like for. Like, oh, I guess England. There's some remote places in the countryside, but Alaska to me feels like people are living there. They're quite remote from other built-up areas. Similar to somewhere in Scotland where you're up in the Highlands, where it's your village, or there's a there's like a town, and the nearest bigger bigger place is at least a hour drive or maybe thirty minute drive, depending on where you are sort of thing but and, and I thought I don't know anything about Alaska and a serial killer in Alaska there yeah. we go there we go because like I said like whenever I hear Alaska I think of the Simpsons movie so I just think about <laughs> the fact that there's two fucking houses and a random pub yeah I mean I, I looked at Anchorage on the map and it looks like a pretty nice area but obviously it's snowy 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 because obviously we're in the Simpsons movie as well you know the map on map on the dashboard, or the map on the windscreen. Actually, Gen- genuinely, I honest to God just think of the Simpsons movie. Sorry, people from Alaska, but they they. Love- I I kind of actually really want to go. It, it, it incidentally, um, a funny story. Wait, um, because I know you love the man himself, um. Uh, well, I think you know the man I'm going to be talking about. Mr. Worldwide 305, uh, darling. Uh, it's funny, I'll mention this we, story. We literally had an entire resort made on Minecraft that we did on Twitch where we made the man a fucking penthouse in a hotel we built. Yeah, but do you know the story of what I'm going to mention, though? Because I remember this one. Um... Uh, I can't remember where it was exactly. Oh, yeah, he took part in a marketing... Yeah, he took part in a marketing campaign where he said he would visit a Walmart in the US. So, the internet being the internet, what did it do? It found the rem- most remote Walmart that it possibly could, and it found one in Kod- um, Kodiak, Alaska. A town of just 6,200 people, and that got the most voted one. And Pitbull was like, well, I'm going to keep my promise. I said I'd visit a Walmart, and you chose the most remote Walmart possible, and he actually went there and met the staff there. You know, so that's I find that, I find that quite funny, because they, they did similar trolls with other artists, but Pitbull kept his promise and said, hey, if I'm going to go to the, remote, the most remote Walmart, and it's in Alaska, because you guys voted for it, I'm going. So if anyone does live there, hello. But yes, we're doing James Dale Ritchie. Um, it's Anchorage, Alaska, USA. Very, very, very cold place. Um, he's actually a quite tall person, six foot three. Um, one point nine one meters. Six foot three is tall, yeah. Yeah. I know. He's a whole like foot taller than me. I mean. Oh, you, you're a short arse. I'm, t- I'm, f- well, I'm five two. Oh my god, I'm taller than you. How the hell did you not know I was five two? Wow, you're like a mid, like a midget. Shut, shut the fuck up. Shut the. Fuck Although, I always see see when someone says they're taller than someone else, I just think of someone looking down at someone. In you know, a taller person looking down at someone who is smaller, and pin pin them against the wall. People know. People know what I mean. 
You just know what I mean. <laughs> if you don't know what I mean, innocent. But yeah, um, because I always ask us. I, I know immediately what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do, Lauren. Wink. Um, but yeah, I just start at six foot three because some people don't even, might not think six foot three is even that tall. I find it weird that people people won't date folk or like be friends with people because they if they're not that tall. But he's six foot three. I've never had. And... I've never had a preference of height. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I've literally never had a pro. I've been. I've been out with guys that are over six foot, and then I've been out with guys that are literally the same height as me before. It's. I've literally. Or, or in the middle. size doesn't matter. Like literally in the middle as well. Like it's not. It's never. It's never been like a deal breaker. I mean, for some people in certain situations, it might be depending on what you're doing. I mean, but, the, um, the shorter guys with dickheads. I'm gonna point that one out. The guy that was the same height as me is a cunt. So, you know, I don't know. I don't have a preference though. I've never. It's never been a thing that I've noticed or asked. I've never asked someone the height. I've never really noticed the height properly. She's like, "Oh, you're taller than me." So is everyone. Like, literally, that's just with me. I just literally look at people and go, "Oh, you're taller than me. Cool. Everyone is." Yeah, you're short. I should probably say the word short arse, not the M word, because I think they don't like the, that word being tossed around for people who are smaller. But um, this is a more... Well, this crime is more recent. He's he's an older person. But uh, it happened in between July and August of 2016. And, um, yeah, as I said, in Alaska. So um, I, I usually write down an intro, but I won't go in through the intro, because if I do the intro on what I have written down from sites... It basically just explains the story, and you get the whole idea of it without even hearing the other parts. So, Banging. let's dive in to the early life in history. Of the guy that looks like a pedo from your local neighborhood. <laughs> he does. Well, James Dale Ritchie was born on November 4th, 1976. He grew up in Anchorage's Wonder Park neighborhood. Um, I said it earlier, but I just wrote it down that Anchorage... It's the largest city in Alaska by population, with 40% of the state's population. It's by area the fourth largest city in the USA. I did have a look at it on the maps. Uh, very nice place, but um, because of where it is, like I said, it's not somewhere you'd think a serial killer would operate and and commit crimes. But hey, you know, uh, the future and the present and the past has shown that Serial killers are popping up from all places. No place is safe. Yeah, there's the hot spots, but now you know that Alaska had one. Um, he attended East Anchorage High School, where standing at six foot three inches, one point nine one meters, he was noted as being a standout athlete, having played on the nineteen ninety four state championship football and basketball teams alongside Traja Langdong and Mao Tosi. I mean, he's tall, basketball team, bit of a given there, I guess. Yeah. Yep. James was a close friend of Quincy and Bobby Thompson, whose family hosted him often throughout his teenage years. It's always nice. Um, I will say, if you if you if you have like a close family, you can call it like your second home. James scored uh, 1,200 on his SAT and was recruited by West Virginia University, um, WVU. Um, 
Oh, uh, the, um, he was recruited. Yeah, he was recruited by West Virginia University football team in 1994, one day following the death of Quincy. So I was unsure what SAT is, but SAT is a standardized standardized test widely used for college admissions in the United States. We 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 don't have that here, so that's why I was con- I was wondering what what the SAT test and how that depends on how you get into university. He subsequently fell out of contact with the Thompson family. After a semester at WVU, James dropped out and returned to Alaska and became involved in drug dealing and dog fighting in 1995. Good start. Drop out of university. Drug dealing and dog fighting. And dog fighting as in the actual two dogs fighting. Not like the plain dog fighting. Actual dogs fighting other dogs, which is... Basically cunt. Yeah, why people do? Why is why why is that a thing? And why does it probably still happen now? It does still happen now. There's always been like it's always an issue that pops up every now and again where people are posting all over the place, being like, "Keep make sure you're not leaving your dogs in the garden and stuff like that without you being there," because people are people are taking dogs for illegal dog fights. Like it's still a thing. You're fucking stupid. Oh yeah, it's fucking stupid, and you are a massive cunt if you think it's funny. Any any form of animal fighting, if you think it's funny, then you're a fucking cunt. Like I, so, when I first got my bearded dragons, the guy that used to have them before me, because he rehomed them, gave them to me, kept them in the same tank. You're not really meant to do that because they can kill each other when they get older. Like when the babies, it's fine. When they get older, they will literally kill each other. They are not animals that like being together, and. I kicked off at him for it because I'd be going because I wasn't hundred percent. I I didn't fully know, so I'd go to work, but I'd be shitting myself because I noticed that the two of them were being off before I'd leave for work. So I'd be panicking all day at work, not being able to focus. Came home one day and I was literally just like keeping an eye on the dragons, and one one of them went for the other one, so I like swooped in and grabbed the dragon. So I had to order a new tank with all new equipment very quickly to arrive the next day and i had to do like an emergency holiday from work the next day so i told my boss what happened i was like i explained the entire situation and i remember when i eventually got when i went back into work like a few days later he i overheard him in the kitchen being like like telling people being like that's the funniest message I've ever had from someone of the reason why they come, couldn't come into work. And I was like, well, it was true. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know it was true. Just wish you could have sent a video of them of them trying to kill each other to me so I could have had some humour out of it. I was like, you're a sick bastard, you. You're a sick I mean, didn't, didn't the person who um, gave you the um, Bird of Dragons name them wrong? Yeah, he... Um... He thought Jinzo... So I don't actually remember what Jinzo's original name was. I, I genuinely couldn't tell you what it was. I have no idea. Norbert's always been called Norbert. Norbert was, was Norbert before I, before I got them. Norbert's the girl. I didn't want to change her name. Because I didn't... I, I thought it just suited her in the end. It's a fucking dragon. So um, Norbert... Uh, he thought Norbert was a boy. And he thought Jinzo was a girl. It's a basic Google on how to find and how to tell the difference. You just lift up the tails. And um, 
they have bumps underneath the tails and you can kind of so i think so one bump means a girl and two bumps means a boy and it that's it's a basic look it does not take much to figure it out and he didn't he got it mixed up so yeah uh also i have full confirmation that norbert's a girl and jinzo's a boy because norbert laid eggs a couple of years ago so and jinzo has literally produced a sperm plug during mating season which is a tiny it's basically a singular sperm that pokes out of his bum for a good few weeks until it eventually just comes out and that happens during mating season so i have full confirmation now yeah uh but yeah my my, my old boss wanted to see them fight because he thought it was funny so he's a cunt yeah hey but this is what james did did fucking dog fighting so um Fuck you if you ever do that or do it with any animals. Screw you. Yeah, you're okay. Um, by 1998, James had adopted the street name Tiny. Don't know what that refers to. I don't know if he's dealing... Tiny fucking dick, that's probably what. Tiny amounts of coke or something he's dealing, I don't know. But over the following seven years, uh, James was arrested a number of times, predominantly for drug-related offences. After high school, Richie's athletic dream were derailed by drugs and a felony record. His first encounter with police occurred in 1998, four years after he um, graduated. Well, it says graduated here, but it also said he dropped out. I don't know. I don't know if it could be hazy on what they know records-wise. He's a cunt anyway, so it doesn't, it doesn't fucking look, matter. He doesn't look like he graduated. He looks like a the thickest pig shit cunt. According to charging documents in the case, officers followed up on a drug sale investigation encountered Richie in an Anchorage apartment. Richie, well, it says Richie, but I'll just keep saying James because I was saying the first name James, whom officers greeted by his street name of Tiny immediately reached for his waistband when officers came into the apartment. A loaded semi-automatic handgun fell out of his pant leg according to charging documents. A search revealed ammunition on James, along with a number of folded bills and a baggie, which is probably a bag of drugs, filled with several rocks of crack cocaine. Oh, yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Officers also found an electronic scale in the bedroom, and the owner of the apartment told police uh, James and her son were apparently selling drugs. Crack cocaine, bags, and scales. Drug dealer. I mean, you can't, you can't weave your way out of that one. No, 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 definitely. James pleaded no contest to felony misconduct involving a controlled substance in the third degree. He was sentenced to three years probation. In a letter to the judge in his case, Richie uh, James wrote that he lay in bed every night thinking about how I've ruined my life. Then I sit up crying, wishing I could go back to when I was in high school. So James so wrote... So oh, sorry? So basically, me and this couldn't have basically been living the same life. Not not the same life. We both cry in our beds and wish that... Our, and say that we've ruined our lives. I do that too. I do that too. I relate. Not for the same reasons. But... No, what well, he said, I lay in bed every night thinking about how I've ruined my life. And he sits up crying, wishing he could go back to high school. So I unless you want to go back to high school. No, I don't want that bit. But I do the whole thinking about how I've ruined my life and I cry about it. I do that. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back to high school. I'd rather fucking not. No, academy or whatever we call it, or what we call it here. Um, 
James wrote he would have chosen a small Division II school to go play football at instead of Division I college. Quote, I want to finish college, raise a family and buy a house, he wrote. Instead, as a felon, I'll never be able to get a good job. It's not clear whether James actually played college football. There was more trouble to come. On parole in 1999, uh, James was pulled over for driving erratically near Columbine Street and Gibar Road. James told officers he had been drinking tequila and beer and taking two Prozac pills. Officers found crack in the glove box and a loaded .45 caliber semi-automatic handgun in the passenger seat, as well as an open beer on the passenger floor of the car, court records show. James again pleaded no contest to fourth-degree misconduct involving a controlled substance. He was sentenced to three years probation. In the year 2000, James filed for a business license for a vending machine servicing operation called Richie Enterprises using his parents' address. It's unclear whether it got off the ground. It's a weird thing, just after the drug misuse and everything. Filed for a business license for a vending machine service servicing operation called Richie Enterprises. I mean, in the year 2000, it's, it's, I mean, vending machines, people, that's been going on for ages now. Yeah. Not, don't, don't think he would have became a multimillionaire off of that. Or especially around that time. Especially using his parents' address. From 2002 to 2005, James was arrested several times for parole violations, mostly serving time for those violations in halfway houses, according to State Department of Corrections spokesman Corey Allen Young. In 2005, Ritchie was arrested for first-degree burglary after police responded to a report of an East Anchorage break-in. Officers found a large wad of... (laughs) Of money, so not, I don't know why. You are not laughing at the word "wad," are you? I am. Fucking gee. To be fair, I'm. I, 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 I'm just. I'm just as bad. I've been made. What? Like, just this wad of money. Wad. Who said wad? It, it, I've heard the word wad when it comes to mo- when it comes to money. Dude, would you would you say like, when you're I in would, the shop going sorry? Uh, oh, my it's wad of money. It's an American thing, but I, I wouldn't fucking say it. It's, a, it's an American thing. But then again, I laughed at a sign that said we're coming soon. <laughs> so I laughed at that the other day. So I can't exactly say shit. I don't know why. I just found a, a large wad of money. <laughs> fucking wad. I don't know why it's making me laugh. I'm not gonna lie, it is kind of making me think. If I, I mean, if a guy says this, and I, I judge him anyway, but I've heard guys say it. It reminds me when people say I've got a rod on. That's what you know, it's sounding like that. I've got, I've got you, a you have on. a rod on. Oh my god! If a guy with a lisp tries to say rod, it's gonna come out as wad. <laughs> oh fuck it! There you go. <laughs> so wait, what would you do if someone came up to you and was like? I've got a rod on right now. But I fucking call it call it a boner, you stupid cunt. Stop being a weirdo. I hate I hate people's different words for things sometimes. Wait. Especially when it comes to like sexual things. Like if What some, about what about our our word for it? I've heard people like when people like wanking, I've heard someone say, Can you fob me off? And I was like, Shut the fuck up. Oh fob me off is a key fob, yeah, I've heard I that. I fucking hate it. I despise it. it. It's just it's so like it it's the biggest turn off just follow up, can you follow up boy me off? 
Like, oh, I don't even like. I don't even oh, like... yeah, going down, down. <laughs> I would rather it if they just went, Can you touch my dick? I would rather they just basically just outright said that. I don't want you to say, Can you fog me off? It's like, fuck <laughs> off. It makes me want to punch it, not want to. Wait. What about what about uh, what about our word for a boner? When we say starna. Yeah, I don't like that either. What? Because it sounds it's got like fucking big starna. It sounds like stoma. Ah, his uh, gentleman's sausage trouser it, snake. I swear, like there's some words that sound too much like other words, and it makes me not like the word anymore. It's like it's the reason why I didn't eat. Big fucking starna. It's the reason why I didn't eat quiche until I was twenty. What, because you had a starner? No, because it sounds too close to the word queef and I want touching it with a 10-foot pole. So uh, I didn't eat quiche until I was 20 because I thought... Oh, I, I, I thought, thought you liked queefs. I th oh, shut up. <laughs> I didn't eat quiche until I was 20 because I thought the word sounded too much like queef and I was not going anywhere near that. No, I mean, I haven't had any experience, but anyone who's listening might be thinking, never go near a queef. I've had a run-in with a queef and it was so bad. Do you know what a queef is? Yes, I do. Sure. Because there's people that willingly put uh, videos on TikTok of them queefing, just going, oh, and this is a queef, and they'll just do it. And I'm like, well, I, did, I didn't need to hear that. I mean, it's just pushing air through. In a it's like it's just pushing air through different things. It's not really. Yeah, but, but I'm just like, yeah, but I don't I don't want to, to, to come across someone queefing. Yeah. Well, regardless, wad of money. Yeah, you had a wad on. <laughs> Yeah, no, what on I don't know why we found that funny. If anyone else found that funny, they'll they agree with me, but ward of money. Never use the term ward. Yeah, professionals, guys. On James, a uh, ward of money on James, totaling almost $5,500, and eight zip ties in his front coat, tied into a set of flex cuffs. Two guns were later found in the house. Occupants of the residence said did not belong to them. James pleaded no contest in the case. Alan Young said uh, James spent just over two years in custody before being released on November 16, 2007. James had not been in correctional custody in Alaska since then, uh, Alan Young said. The last time Richie, uh, sorry, James, or Richie, applied for a permanent fund di dividend was in 2000. Dividend? Dividend, I think is the right term, sorry. Was in 2009, according to public records. The last time he had a listed address in Anchorage was a house on Lane Street in the Russian Jack neighborhood in 2011. He was arrested for the last time in Alaska in 2005, where he was apprehended while committing a home invasion with plastic handcuffs and two handguns in his possession. After serving two years in custody, he resided in Alaska, during which time he required a Colt Python handgun, which uh, <coughs> would come in ha um, vital in his crimes. <coughs> Excuse me, his weapon of choice, shall we say. In 2013, James lent his handgun over to an acquaintance and moved to Broadway, Virginia, where his parents had been living at the time. I mean, if you don't know, a, a, py a python handgun, caught python handgun, it's like a revolver. You can... Um... You can look at a fucking photo of it if you want, if you don't know guns, but that's the, that's the type of weapon he used. I would say myself it's quite interesting. Uh, weapon of choice. Colt Python, a revolver, because it's one of those ones you see like Rick Grimes using in The Walking Dead. It's kind of like the sheriff type looking gun, I'm, if you will. I've never watched 
watch the the Walking Dead, but I get what you mean. Well, yeah, if you if you just Google cult python, you'll kind of get it. Oh, this one with a cut off barrel. You can get a little snobby ones as well. What's well, not a snob? It's just you cut off the barrel, makes you shorter. We have a, we have American listeners. We don't need to give them any more ideas. Uh, no, that'd be horrible. But yeah, it's considering weapons people have used in in other crimes. Um. So yeah, he moved to Broadway, Virginia. Not actual broad Broadway as we know it, but Virginia. Save for a pair of moving violations, James had no court appearances and was observed by the police as being a law-abiding citizen. How that would change? Following a breakup with his girlfriend, James returned to Alaska in March 2016. He reacquired the cult python from his acquaintance and moved to Airport Heights, where he stayed before moving to Penland Parkway Trailer Park in Anchorage. James sought mental health treatment through the Anchorage Police Department, APD, could not ascertain if he had received a diagnosis. Court records in Harrisonburg slash Rockingham District Court show minor traffic infractions for Richie James Richie, in 2013 and 2014. Police said uh, Tuesday, or on Tuesday, whatever this was, information I was getting, uh, James returned to Alaska this February, so he returned around February time. On his Facebook page, he posted pictures at the end of January from travels around the lower 48. Don't know where that is, but uh, he was on Facebook. This man, quite old, was thinking... It's, it's, it's always weird it's when crimes are committed on a time of social media because what they've posted on there could have alluded to that or they could have had photos up there which might have been more concerning when the crimes are committed afterwards, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know when, like, people commit crimes and then people search their Facebook stuff afterwards, they go, oh, that's kind of... It was like a worrying sign. Or you see something and you go, I should be worried about someone posting that. That's not normal. Police are still investigating where um, James was living in those recent months. He was not homeless and uh, may have resided at more than one location said Castro, whatever that Castro is. We are hoping to get more information from the community about his daily whereabouts and activities, she said. Uh, Reached sep separately by phone, uh, James's mother and sister declined to speak on Tuesday. Oh, I think this was when they were interviewing. Um, the la they said that the last time I'd seen him was at a restaurant about a year ago, said DeVoe, um, James's former Thunderbirds basketball teammate. He still looked young and healthy. It seemed like we were back in high school. It was a brief encounter that ended with a smile and a hug, Devo said. So people didn't really know where he was. He's just somewhere in Alaska. I think if family or living elsewhere in Virginia, it's hard contact. But at the time, I guess Facebook's becoming a more prevalent thing. So maybe they were contacting on Facebook. Maybe. You know, we take it for granted now. When um, Obviously now, when I say, we say things like it's hard to contact someone in like a case, people were thinking how, because we're so used to being able to contact folk on the fly. But maybe he didn't have a phone or whatnot. And if you're, if he was an uh, older man trying to grasp technology around about that time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not saying he wouldn't get it, but you know what older people are like when it comes to technology, and especially at that time when you know still stuff isn't as developed as it is now. Oh, okay. So now we will go on to the murders, because he turns to an evil motherfucker, an absolute prick. So, James committed 
his first two confirmed murders during the early morning hours of July 3rd, 2016. Um, th- this was the thing. Um, he, a lot of his crimes were committed at like nighttime or very early morning. So some sites were saying that the Midnight Killer could be a nickname for him. He decided to strike at the night when fuck all was probably happening. And especially in a place like Alaska, where Anchorage is probably quite got a decent population. Um, 40% of people in Alaska live there. But at nighttime, I don't think it's a hustly bustly place with loads of people doing stuff. Do you think? Maybe they do, but... You know, like some place in the world where you're like, oh, at nighttime, it's definitely not going to be quiet and dead. You know, like in California, is it quiet and dead at nighttime? Yeah, it's kind of like saying, oh, I'm going to... It's like, well, Manchester during nighttime is not fucking quiet. As someone who yeah. used... I used to live in the city centre as well at one point. Like, just not even, like, directly slap bang in the, in the middle of the city, but still in kind of the city centre. There, It was never fucking quiet. Like, if it was the summertime and you wanted your window open to let it be a bit cooler inside, you would not sleep because of the people going past. Yeah, so I assume this is maybe one of the reasons why he operated at night because it was a lot quieter and people wouldn't have saw stuff going on. But, yeah, he uh, committed his first two confirmed murders the early morning of hours, early morning hours of July 3rd, 2016, when he shot his 20-year-old Brianna Foise. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that last name. And 41-year-old Jason Netter Sr., the two bodies were discovered together along a bike path near Ship Creek by a bicyclist at 7.45 a.m. I mean, must be fucking horrifying if you for the bike uh, the bicyclist if they were just out for their morning cycle and they find two fucking bodies at 7.45 a.m. Damn. Netter was noted for having extensive run-ins with the law, often regarding his drug-related activities as well as child support issues with his two daughters, one of whom changed her name. Foise, I do hope I'm saying that right, was homeless and had fallen into substance abuse as well. One of... uh, Sorry, substance abuse as well. Denying intervention offered by her adoptive mother, Marcella Foise. Now that's a shame, because Foise was 20 years old and homeless and substance abuse... That's never a good, never a good story when someone's quite young and they end up homeless and they turn to drugs and it just goes worse and worse. The nature of Foise and Netta's relationship, if any, was not determined or disclosed. On July 5th, the murders were ruled a double homicide by the APD. After viewing hours of surveillance footage, the APD released images of two unidentified men who were persons of interest for the investigation. The third recorded murder committed by James took place 26 days later on July 29th. Shortly after 3am, James shot 21-year-old Trayvon Kindle Thompson, the son of his childhood friend Bobby Thompson, multiple times while he was riding his bicycle home from work between Dubin Avenue and Bowling Street in East Anchorage. Now, I when I read that, I'm like, that's fucked. Right? Yeah. He shot 21-year-old Trayvon... Travion Kindle Thompson, the son of his childhood friend. How the fuck can you kill the son of your childhood friend? That is just 
fucking atrocious. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, nothing surprises me anymore, like, at all. The fact, like, we did the Moore's murders case, and Myra Henley literally murdered a girl that she used to babysit. Like, nothing fucking shocks me anymore. But, like, you were friends from childhood. The people that the people that you're still friends with, or people that you were childhood friends with, and you're still friends with now, they're lucky. Because there's not a lot of people that you can say that you've been friends with from a very, very, very young age. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have that. I mean, he doesn't listen. Well, he might listen, but Sean, my mate Sean, my best mate Sean, I've known him since primary seven. And we're I, still friends now. I mean, I've got a couple people who I speak to on occasion that I've known since I was six, but I don't see them all the time. So I've got my friend Georgia, who I see mostly when we go to gigs together every now and again. Like, she'll go to the same gig as me. and I'll see How her. long you been friends for? I've known her since I was six. And then this guy called Ethan, I've known him as, I met him and George on the same day. So yeah, since I was six again. And we had like a catch up like months ago, like went on a night out and everything. And that was like really good. Cause it was like, this is this one. Like everyone else in the group was like, in my friend group was like, oh, we've known Lauren for like six years now. Like we know her so well. And I'm like, this guy's known me since I was a fucking child. He has seen every phase I've been through. He could beat you at everything right now. Like, he knows, my, like, my parents know those two, like, so well as well. It's actually kind of weird. So, I do have, like, two people like that. We're not super close. We used to be when we were, like, in high school and stuff like that. But as soon as high school ended, it kind of drifted and we kind of got back in touch. It's one of those. Yeah, I didn't think it's horrible. It, like, someone just doing something to the, someone that was their friend. And let alone, you know, childhood friends even more special than just a friend. So that's fucking horrible. Um, so yeah, he um, shot him multiple times while he's riding his bicycle home from work between Dubin Avenue and Bowling Street in East Anchorage. Three girls who had spotted James lingering in the woods. Well, that, there's a creepiness lingering in the woods near Bowling Street through their window just prior, heard the gunfire and witnessed him grabbing Thompson's bicycle. James rode the bicycle away from the scene and brought it to his home, where it was spotted but not identified as being involved in a crime by witnesses. The police arrived at Bowling Street, where they found Thompson, who was pronounced dead at the scene shortly after. Under Sergeant Slawomery Markowitz's direction, I'm sorry, sorry if I butchered that name, direction, Witnesses were interviewed and enough testimonies were given that a composite sketch of the subject who would later be identified as James was created, which you can see on the Wikipedia page. It's a pretty close drawing. Quite a close drawing, in fact, to what he looks like. They nailed it spot on, apart from the glasses. They didn't draw that, but... Scarily close. Shortly after Thompson's murder, the Alaska State Crime Lab confirmed that the same murder weapon used in Foise and Netter's murders were also used in Thompson's murder. During the early hours of August 28th, James shot dead 34-year-old Kevin Turner and 25-year-old Bryant Bree D. Husson in Valley of the Moon Park. An unidentified female passerby who was walking through the park discovered D. Husson's body along the trail at 1.42 a.m. Shortly after arriving, police discovered Turner's bullet-riddled body under the pavilion in the park. 
Turner, suffering from schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, was homeless at the time as he had not fared well at assisted living facilities recently. D. Husson, a notable environmental activist in Anchorage, was thought by his father, Gordon D. Husson, to be doing a late-night bicycle ride on the new Schwimm, which is a bike company, to meet a friend when he stumbled upon the fatal encounter between uh, James and Turner. There was no relation between D. Husson and Turner. So he, he shoots people in the night for seemingly just no reason. Ah, uh, just fucking dumps the bodies. Doesn't care. Yeah, normally, the normally they try and, like, make it posed or hide it a little bit. He's not even, he's not giving that. Oh, I mean, he took the bicycle away. That's it. Oh, he took the bicycle away, and that's kind of it. But he doesn't care about the actual person. Well, none, none of them really do. No serial killer does, but it's just the way it's being done effortlessly. And it's like, the way it seems that he doesn't even know these folk, it's just random people just shooting them. Doesn't care what age, doesn't care who it is. Apart from the childhood friend, um, son, who we know. But, like, just shoots them, odd up in their body, and then they just find them the next day. It's just fucking weird. In the police report, the APD noted that very little evidence was left at the scene of the crime. However, the Alaska State Crime Lab confirmed that the weapon used to kill Turner and Dee Husson had also been used in their earlier homicides. Recognising a modus operandi displayed by the string of murders, the APD released an advisory notice for citizens to avoid isolated trails after dark. It's never good when you have to issue issue something out to the public to be like, do not go to these areas after dark. Yeah, most places you tend to have that, but it's more of a people have said it by word of mouth, like, don't go there when it's a bit darker, it's not that safe, but the fact that they're at Actually, is people full on saying to the public, "Don't fucking do, don't, don't do this." Yeah, it's extra bad. Yeah. Following the murders of Turner and Hassan, the FBI was brought on to assist with investigation. On September sixth, Anchorage Mayor Ethan Berkowitz hosted a press conference that asserted that gang violence was largely responsible for the record-breaking number of murders in the city. Although he refused to acknowledge the evidence leading credibility to the serial killer theory. So the Anchorage mayor has gone, yeah, it's probably gun, uh, gang violence, which is why people are dying. Even though he refused to acknowledge the evidence leading towards that there was a serial killer going about. Like, what a scummy mayor. Fucking, just want, doesn't even want to tell what the, the truth. Try and better it to something else. A lot of the time they try and do it as a way to not scare people. Because like you'll say gang violence, everyone's like, oh, that's shit, but alright. But when you say serial killer, it's kind of like it puts like a horror movie in everyone's head. Ah, uh, yeah, that is quite true. Um, I didn't think of it that way that they they could scare scaremonger people by that way. Because realistically, like if you were at home and you're on you what you're watching TV and they just came up as like a warning, there is a potential serial killer in the area. You're not gonna fucking leave your house because you're gonna feel like you're in a horror movie, aren't you? You're gonna feel like you're in the purge. Yeah, I mean, if you did it that way, people would be less likely to go outside, and then True. the killer would killer would less likely find victims. But yeah, they don't think about that part. They just think oh, no scare people. It's like yeah, but you kind of want to. But then again, they're also probably thinking 
if we tell them there's a serial killer, it's going to scare people, which, yeah, might keep them inside, but then you'll get a lot of dickheads doing the whole, I'm a serial killer, I'm the serial killer. Oh, yeah, fucking dicks. Oh, cunts. The fake phone calls, all that crap. You'll get a lot of that. Yeah. Well, the FBI offered a $10,000 reward leading to the apprehension of the subject responsible for Thompson's murder. While refusing to comment on any connection to the other murders due to the concern that acknowledging that a weapon tying all the crimes together would run the risk of prompting the killer to dispose of it. They were quite smart in that way. The joint APD and FBI task force subsequently received upwards of 175 tips over the following two months, at least one of which pertained to James. Um, if I could have typed, I was going to say least, I typed it wrong. I can't believe I spelled least wrong. Following Thompson's murder, his mother, Mandy Premo, claimed to have conducted an independent investigation to discover her son's killer. She claimed to have located an armed James near the Alaska Regional Hospital in October 2016 and to have reported to the APD lieutenant about having found her son's killer. She claimed the lieutenant advised against confronting James personally as he was armed and her infant child was in the car. Police say they withheld the fact that the same gun had been used in the five homicides even from the families of the victims over concerns releasing it would compromise the investigation. McKinnon. Family, oh, yeah, but they didn't even want to do that. Yeah, which is fucking stupid. At least, at least let the family know. McKinnon said police were trying to preserve the evidence, a strategy he believes led to the recovery of the gun after Saturday's events, which we will explain. If we had made a big deal about it, then it might have gotten lost or disposed of, McKinnon said. Without the ballistics and that gun, we have no evidential way of tying these cases together, Castro said. That's how important that gun is. The victims' families found out about the connection between cases prior to a Tuesday morning press conference, according to Billy Ray Turner, Kevin Turner's brother. On Monday night, police contacted Kevin Turner's family and told them to come to a conference the next morning, said Billy Ray Turner. It was the first time they'd heard from law enforcement since shortly after his brother was killed at Valley of the Moon, he said. Billy Ray Turner said he initially searched for answers in his brother's death, but detectives told him not to go digging. They weren't specific about details, but he said that he said they told him if Kevin Turner was killed in such cold-blooded fashion, Billy Ray might be in danger if he came into contact with the person responsible. His mother, worried about the same scenario, uh, so he stood down. He started to think his brother's homicide investigation had turned cold, and another family could lose a loved one with the killer still on the streets, he said. He said his family was hurt, APD didn't provide details sooner, particularly how Kevin Turner died. That's something he still hopes to find out. I want to know where he was shot, how long he was alive, did he suffer? These are the things I'd like to know, Billy Ray Turner said, adding he hoped the new evidence would serve as a turning point for more transparency in the case. In late August, a notice went out to the public to avoid isolated trails or roads alone at night, though APD declined at the time to say if the warning was related to any of the recent homicides. We were trying to balance the best of both worlds without jeopardizing a case or investigation, Castro said of the warning. 
Anchorage Mayor Ethan Berkowitz. Yeah, that cunty man. Well, he's maybe not that much of a cunt, but the one who just was like, oh, it's gone, gone violence, didn't want to own up to that, said police briefed him Monday afternoon on the revelation about the weapon used in the five unsolved homicides. He said he was previously unaware of any connection between the slayings. I think he was, you know. I think he was aware when he just didn't want to say. Oh, yeah. Berkowitz had said he had actively stray, stayed away from pursuing information from police about the cases, citing his two years of experience in the Anchorage District Attorney's Office in the early 90s. I think it's inappropriate for the civilian authority to intervene in a police investigation, Berkowitz said. He also uh, did not think the police error erred in withholding the information or inappropriately prioritized an investigation over public safety. He said... I would suspect that the police had access to all kinds of physiological understandings of what a person who is engaged in this kind of behavior would do and how they would behave and shaped their investigation accordingly. He added, I think it's a vast oversimplification to think that the police should have compromised their investigation simply to inform the public about the course of their investigation. There's a real possibility the wrong communication at the wrong time could have jeopardized public safety. But it doesn't go well for James. Because he was killed near the corner of 5th Avenue and Cordova Street in Anchorage during a gunfight with a 38-year-old officer, Aaron, Sala Aaron Salio, a 35-year-old and 35-year-old Sergeant Mark Patsky of the APD on November 12, 2016. So, how he dies goes like this. Officer Saleo, while responding to an unrelated um, report of unpaid taxi cab fares, spotted James walking down the street at 4.30am. In the morning, again, Saleo pulled up alongside James and asked him um, and asked for him to stop presumably to ask if he had witnessed the crime of the um, unpaid taxi cab fares. James continued walking, prompting Saleo to repeat the question over his megaphone. Without warning, James turned, walked towards Saleo's vehicle, drew his cult python and opened fire on Saleo, hitting him six times, which resulted in damage to his bones, intestine and liver. Saleo exited his patrol car, and returned fire while also engaging James in physical confrontation. Simultaneously, Sergeant Pats Patsky of the K-9 unit spotted the conference and, op and fired upon James, who was killed by a number of gunshot wounds. Saleo was taken to an area hospital where he was moved out of the intensive care unit after seven hours of surgery. So he died in a police standoff. That is not how I expected that to end. Yeah, he was probably, you know, early morning of the night, still out with that pistol, and a police officer happened to be just there and then dealing with another case and said, hey, you know anything about this case? And when he walked away, the police guy was like, I talked to you. And then he turned around and was just took his gun and just started firing at him. And then another officer just happened to be there and see it happen. was like, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa. And then just gunned him down. Just uh, not, not even like tried to capture him. Just gunned him down. Either if that was by mistake or just did that just to save the other cop's life. I don't know what the rules are if you can just mow down 
a victim if you um, see them there and then. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we do it, but I, I feel like maybe it was just off the top of his head. Just thought, right, I need to shoot this guy, and then he just died from how many bullets? Maybe he didn't mean to kill him. I don't know, but he died in a police uh, shootout. We don't think we've had that yet, have we? Well, then we've had uh, um, a case go that way. No, I expected when I was googling this case and researching it. I'm like, oh, how did he get caught? Oh, police shootout. Oh, interesting. But yeah. he deserves to die. He deserved to die. Yeah, he's a cunt. He was a cunt. So, following James's death, the cult python on him was sent to the Alaska Crime Lab where it was confirmed to have been the murder weapon responsible for the deaths of Brianna Foisy, James Neto Sr., Travian Kindle Thompson, Kevin Turner, and Brian D. Hudson. So that's one, two, three, four, five innocent people killed. The investigative task force had not considered James as a suspect due to his lack of run-ins with the law over the decade prior. After 70 hours of investigation on contacting the victim's families, APD Chief Chris Trolley, or Tolley, sorry, hosted a press conference in which he announced the connection between the homicides and the attempt on Officer Saleo's life. James was immediately identified as being the assailant responsible for Thompson's murders due to the witness and the identification of his photo um, ID matching the composite sketch. While the APD continued to collect evidence implicating James' involvement in the other homicides tied to the cult python, the FBI looked to trace James' activities in Virginia and Nevada prior to returning to Alaska. Well, I didn't know he went to Nevada, but he went to Virginia, so they were kind of trying to say, like, did he do any dodgy shit there before he... Came back to Alaska. On April 26, 2017, APD spokesperson Rene Ostad announced that the sufficient probable the sufficient probable cause was determined to confirm that Richie was solely responsible for the five murders and therefore a confirmed serial killer. Investigators had traced the cult python's handgun whereabouts back to confirm that it had found its way into James's possession prior to the murders of Foise and Netter in July 2016. With Ostad's announcement, the case the cases were closed. A month later, on May 23rd, the Anchorage Police Department released dashcam footage recorded just prior to James and Saleo's confrontation, as well as details pertaining to Richie uh, James's personal history. So his known victims were three ballistics. James's cult python was connected with four crime scenes that included two double homicides, one homicide, and the attempted murder of a police officer. The victims included Brianna Foisy, 20, and Jason Neto Sr., 41, shot and killed on July 3rd, 2016, along a bike path near Ship Creek west of N Post Road in Viking Drive, East Anchorage. Traven Kindle, Bobby... Uh, Dwayne Thompson, 21, shot and killed on Bowling Street on July 29th, 2016 in East Anchorage. Kevin S. Turner, 34, and Bri um, Bryant C. D. Husson, 25, shot and killed on August 28th, 2016 at Valley of the Moon Park in downtown Anchorage. And Officer Ann Saleo, shot and wounded on November 12th, 2016, at 5th Street and Cordova Street in downtown Anchorage. So, obviously, as I mentioned, Saleo and Sergeant Mark Patsky returned fire and killed James. Now, interestingly, 
um, on the people that were murdered and injured on the Wikipedia page. Actually, that's coordinates of those locations. Pinpointed locations. I don't know why. For some reason, just they just happen to have the exact locations. But they do. So if you desperately want to see where they are, go look them up. But that's it. That is the case of James Dale Ritchie. Interesting. Yeah, now you know a serial killer from Alaska who operated in the night with a python pistol and ended up dying in a police shootout. Reasons for the killing is nothing, none of the sites were saying, so I think he was just one of those cunts that just had no reason and just shot anyone. No fucks given, dumped the bodies, didn't even try and hide them, and just probably would have killed more if he hadn't had that run-in with Saleo. Yeah. I generally think this guy would have killed more. And um, when he died, he was aged 40. So he still had a life ahead of him. But I don't, I don't know where it went wrong. Where did it go wrong? And it must have shocked the people of Alaska. Because as far as I was seeing, I'd, uh, you know... You don't know many much fucking serial killers from Alaska. So when when the news came out about that, the people of Alaska must have been shocked and been like, "Oh shit, there was a serial killer." And um, so the people of Anchorage or people yeah, in Alaska would have been like, "Oh shit, there's a serial killer fucking in Alaska." No fucking hell, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I if I was living in Alaska at that time, I would have been a bit shocked. I'm glad that he died. Totally deserved to die. Because obviously, um, from what I explained, he had the gun on him when he was confronted. Yeah. So he he had that. He still had the gun on him in early, early, early morning on him. So the fact that when the police confronted him and just unwillingly the police didn't know they confronted a man with a gun is a scary thought. Because you never know who you meet if they're armed or not. You know, if you like meet someone, you just think, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to meet someone." You have no clue if you, you don't presume for them to have something on them, a weapon on them. I mean, so yeah, um, you're not going to—that's not the first thing that you're going to think of, is it? No, and he he had um, sustained a lot of damage, but luckily the officer survived because the other one stepped in, and um, I think it was just like spur of the moment they thought, "Right, I'll just shoot him." Because if he was firing at another officer, I think the first port of call was just shoot shoot the person firing at the officer and not try and, you know, get closer and anything. Because if he's got a weapon, you know, if they if the other officer tried to tackle him down and cuff him, he might have gotten shot and killed as well. I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, interesting case. One that, yeah, I don't think many of us have heard of before other than the residents of Alaska. But, yeah, interesting one. Nice. Thank you for this week. Yeah, now you, you can say that you know of a serial killer that came from Alaska. Just when you think, just when people say, no, oh, I don't think I can think of a serial killer coming from there. You know, this is why I pick out episodes never, where it's like, ah. Yeah, never say, oh, I don't think there's been any, like, bad crimes or anything from somewhere, because there probably is. Like, I've come to that realisation with this shit. 
But yeah, that was this week's episode, episode number 70. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you ever find a case that you think we should cover, please tell us, because we're always open for that. Um, even though we do the whole, like, not telling each other stuff. But if you want to message either me or Matt privately uh, to give us a case suggestion for either one of our weeks, that is completely fine. Do that. Yeah, totally do that. If, if you have like a case that, um, even if it was a case that happened near your area where you could give some more information than what the web might have or like your experiences we're seeing on the news or if you had anything yeah, like that sort of thing, that, that would be useful because, you know, the internet gives us enough information on stuff, but, you know, getting some more firsthand or like stuff on people's experiences of, you know, that happening if it was around their area, you know, yeah, would be cool. Yeah, thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week, which will be my week, so it's probably going to be something gross and horrible. Uh, they're all horrible, but we all know that I pick the freaking disturbing cases. Yeah, you full throttle. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week and uh, yeah, have a good week. Bye. Bye.